Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 188. Happy Monday, everyone. Today is also Memorial Day if you're listening to this on release day. And we did want to just take a minute to stop and reflect on the reason that we celebrate this holiday. We are so thankful and grateful to the soldiers who have paid the ultimate price. And we are definitely thinking about any family or friends who have been impacted by that sacrifice. So if you know any families, make sure you reach out to them today because it can be a really hard day. On another note, we are releasing an exciting new interview today. This one was a lot of fun for us. It was. And as any content creator has probably realized or had happened to them, sometimes technology does not like to play nice. So you'll notice that this audio sounds a little bit off from our normal interviews. We've done our best to try to clean it up the best we can on our end. But just know that we did the best we could. But there's such great content and good conversation and interesting conversation that we wanted to make sure that we got this out to you guys for your enjoyment. So without further ado... Introducing our guests, they are the Frightening Floyds. Jacob and Jenny are authors of a book called Be Our Ghost. And it's about the paranormal and ghost stories happening in the Disney parks, really outside of our realm. But so much parallel of talking about having separate interests and combining them into a common passion. So I think there's a lot of good stuff there and just some really interesting stories that they have to share about this process of writing this book. So I will go ahead and turn it over to Jacob and Jenny. They will introduce themselves and tell us one random fact that we may not know about them from the book and social media. Um, I used to collect uh, Disney antiques since I was five or six. My parents they were big antique dealers in Louisville. And I think that's when I started, you know, I I just had to have everything Disney. And what's yours, Jacob? Um, well, my name is Jacob Floyd. And um, I don't know, I've just, I guess uh, one thing people wouldn't know about me from the book is that um, I don't really know. <laughs> I guess uh, a good thing to say is I've been a... You're correct. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a poet and uh, I write many different, um, many different genres. Hmm, that's a good fact. And the antiques is very interesting because I grew up in a very, very small town in Kansas, middle of nowhere, absolutely nothing. So my mom would take us into antique stores for fun. I don't know if we bought anything, <laughs> but I have a, a good love for antiques too. It's just so many memories, you know. We're really big on Halloween antiques. We like those, like those old um, Halloween decorations from that are vintage or like the old McDonald's Halloweens from the 80s and just all kinds of different. We started, yeah, we just started doing that together. So, Do you have any favorite Disney antiques that, that come to mind? Oh, man. Um, not, 
I remember there was one that my dad, I could not ever play with. It was, um, it was paper. It was like a circus pen. And I wish I knew the year it was made and stuff, but I always remember like admiring it and looking at it. I was always taught never to touch any of the antiques. And it would be so, it was torture as a child. You see all these toys and stuff. You're like, oh my God, I want to touch it so bad. <laughs> Someone in my family, I can't remember who it was probably my one of my cousins had a had a really old like a winnie the pooh jar of some kind and i don't know what they used it for i don't remember but it was on a shelf and i remember thinking it was pretty cool and i I was i mean i was a really young kid so i'm going to assume it was probably a pretty old jar because they'd had it for all i could remember and i thought i always thought that was neat and that's i guess that's why i always liked winnie the pooh yeah That's really funny because it makes me think of, you know, now the viral thing is to put like candy in front of your kid and they have to be patient and they can't eat it. I've seen so many of those videos. It makes me think of that. It's like the old school test of patience. Yeah, that'd be a good way to teach (laughs) teach them how to uh, wait. Good things come to those who wait. So you kind of already touched on it a little bit, but we want to lay that foundation can you tell us about what is your Disney story? Kind of how did you develop a love or a passion for it? And how has it grown over time? Um, well, mine was uh, when I was a kid, I first saw the movie Robin Hood. Um, the, you know, the one with the fox as Robin Hood and all that, the old Disney cartoon. It was always one of my favorite. And um, over the years, you know, of course, I watched other movies like every other kid. But then um, when I got older and I went to Disney World, with uh, actually, I never went until I went with my wife Jenny, and uh, when we went there, I started to really like Disney even more because it was a, such a good moment that we went there our first year together, and we've gone so many times since. And I just, it's like now Disney went from just being entertaining to being something more personal now. For me, um, well, my parents with the Disney antiques and stuff, and my mom taking me to my first Disney movie. It was Bambi. And it was, that was it too for me. And they always went to Disney World every year. So I was a Disney kid. (laughs) Well, good deal. That lays a great foundation. So we talked about it in the beginning of the episode, but you guys are the authors of Be Our Ghost. And I want to read the little snippet about the book first. And then I want to hear it in your own words as well. So it says, the frightening Floyds invite you to be our ghost, and so we take you on a tour of the happiest haunted place on Earth. In this book, you will read about much of the alleged paranormal activity, as well as urban legends spanning the various Disney theme parks around the world. From the haunted dolls of It's a Small World to the real ghost of the Haunted Mansion, there are many spirits here to greet you and make sure to say good morning to George at Pirates of the Caribbean. Enjoy the spooky and fascinating tale and be our ghost. And don't worry, there are no hitchhiking ghosts ahead. Where are there? So that's the official synopsis of it. But I want to hear it in your words. And take us to that moment that you decided this was a project that you wanted to take on. How did that ball get rolling? Because I'm so interested in how this came to be. Well, we went. um, All right. So it kind of started. we, We wrote a book called Kentucky's Haunted Mansions. Obviously, you can tell where we got a little Disney influence on that. And we we took it to Disney World with us when we went. And we held it up in front of the Haunted Mansion and was trying to take pictures of it. And one of the cast members who was working there at the time 
I was like, well, would you like, uh, would you like me to help you with that? And she set it up really nice. And then we took the picture and, um, she started talking to us about, um, some supposed stories about the haunted mansion. And it kind of went into some stories about the other places, the stuff she'd heard. And, um, we started looking into that more and we <laughs> discovered that there was a lot of ghosts, you know, supposed ghost stories and strange occurrences that happened throughout the, throughout the Disney parks around the world. And, uh, we went down there again shortly thereafter to, uh, actually do more research on it. And when we went back and we talked to, you know, more people, and of course some of them were like, Oh, we don't know anything about anything like that. And then other people were like, well, we heard this or I experienced this. Um, and it was really neat because it, it turned out being really, just a really fun experience. Of course, that trip was a work trip, but it also was a fun trip as well. Um, but it was really enjoyable. Well, that's, I mean, that's awesome how that came to be. How does that research process look like of gathering these different stories and figuring out the origin of them and where they came from? Because most of your other books, like you mentioned, are kind of based around where you guys are in Louisville. So what was it like having something a little bit further away and also spread across the world? Um, well, it was with any book, because we, we wrote a Holly, one about Hollywood spirits, too. Um, it kind of just begins. We, we write down the idea, come up with the idea what we want it to be. Um, we go through and, you know, we find through the Internet um, places that are supposed to be haunted. We kind of just make a list. And just a little tidbits of details that we heard about. And then once we get started, we try to deep dive. We go through, we look for books on the subject. We look for videos about it. Uh, we look through um, websites and blogs and all different kinds of things. And if we can, if we can find a place to call, we'll try and call somebody and talk to them and say, do you know anything about this? And sometimes that helps too. And that's kind of, we compile all that information that we get that's when the writing begins and then we write it out and of course go through all the revisions and all that and we also make sure that we don't just find something on the internet or you know whatever and just go okay this is a good story we also cross-reference other we look for it on other sites too so we try to make sure that there's a lot of stories out there um, that aren't we're trying to make sure we're not getting stories that people just made up off top of their heads because we asked them you know so we try to make sure stuff like that's all um, taken care of and covered well, that explains the Disney side pretty well. I'm also interested in how both of you became interested in ghost stories and the paranormal and that side of it as well. Um, for me, it's always been around uh, like my mom. We've always believed in the paranormal. Um, me and Jacob, we started ghost hunting in 2015 with other people in the area and um we decided we wanted to do ghost tour in shepherdsville yeah when we went to um went down there to shepherdsville um we got a lot of interesting stories about that place down there and the history is really fascinating she you know jenny lived down there for a while when she was young and my family um the ancestors that settled shepherdsville because uh, i'm related to the shepherds so we went um yeah and when uh, Jenny was living there, Shepherdsville is known really bad for floods. That's part of the history. We talk about it on the tour. Um, she lost her house in the flood when she was young and they had to move. So there's a personal connection 
And then so we made the tour and then we we were like, well, we wanted to write. We started hearing ghost stories from people on the tour and they were telling us stories about Louisville and two. And we thought, well, heck, let's write a book about Louisville because we know that's our home. We know there's a few haunted locations. And so we started talking about, the, you know, asking people about that. And we started getting emails and people were telling us, here's a story here, here. And then we started another ghost tour out in one section of Louisville because there were so many ghost stories. We can't really do the tours anymore. But then, like, we just started writing more books and just really getting into the paranormal. And um, it was something I was always interested in when I was younger, too. So it just kind of came together. Has writing always been something that has been an outlet? Like, that's the medium that you like to communicate through? Uh, yeah, I've always I've used to do it um, in the style like Harriet the Spy. I used to walk around my notebook and write stuff down that people were doing around me. And then all of a sudden, as a kid, you know, I was a child when I did this. Then that was just not that was kind of boring to me. So I started making up stories. And when I got into my teenage years, I started writing poems more. And then I got to writing more like longer stories and books. So, yeah. And uh, uh, Jenny was uh, was did some writing when she was younger as well. And um it was kind of an idea we pulled together to do nonfiction writing. And I'd never really done that before. And it was, it was a lot of fun to do that starting on the nonfiction ghost stories, because you get to write a lot about history and a lot about the locations. And that to me is fun as well. So when you were doing your research, cause it sounds like, you know, you talk to so many people and you look at so many different places i'm sure like in the editing process that you have to go through when you're writing a book were there any stories that didn't make it into the book yes uh, we actually talked to a cast member um about the brown derby being haunted and we cannot find any other evidence or on the internet or anything or any other cast member saying it was on it. Um, she said that the, was, what was it? The faucet? It was something about faucets and turning on and lights going on and off and something like that. That's just not enough to write a story on, you know, it's gotta be a little more. Um, and that's just, we, we wanted to, we were like, well, that's cool. The Brown Derby, that's neat. And we wanted to put that in there, but we couldn't cause we couldn't find anything else to corroborate it or even, you know, to add to it. So it didn't make it. And we were hoping that we could find ghosts on the on the the Muppets 3D. <laughs> we actually went and typed that up to see if we could find anything on it, but because we love that ride, but there was nothing there, so we couldn't go there. We found some history about um, Jim where he signed something, the contract with Disney. It was at, actually at one of the restaurants at the marketplace. Yeah, we thought that was cool finding that about the Jim Henson contract, but we were like, well, it's not. I guess it's not enough to write a whole right. whole chapter on, but. <laughs> Well, that is interesting. Uh, and I don't want to spoil any of the stories in the books, but you mentioned in the synopsis, Small World, Haunted Mansion, of course. Uh, I think George at Pirates of the Caribbean is one of the more common stories that people have heard of. Are there any others that to pique anybody's interest that of any stories that they can dive into in the book? I think the, I, I think the Tower of Terror stories are kind of interesting. Um, like I said, I don't want to give it away. Um, I like that one, and I like Stetson from the Wilderness Lodge. I thought that one was pretty good. It's an interesting case. It's very odd. What about you? Could you think of any other ones? The Wilderness Lodge. Right? That's your favorite? Yeah. yeah, it's our Wilderness Lodge. So this is just so fascinating, too, because when you find these stories, 
did you literally just go to these different locations and just try to ask different cast members, like if they knew anything? Yeah, we did with most of them. I mean, obviously, like the Disneyland ones, because we've only been to Walt Disney World. It would have been mm-hmm. cool to go to the other ones, but uh, but we were lucky enough to have some people there. It's like, oh, I had a friend that worked at Disneyland. They told us this, and then, you know, that gave us another lead. And, you know. But, um, yeah, we did go to some of these sites and be like, have you ever heard this story about this, this haunting here? Or have you ever heard a ghost story? We try to start off by not leading them. Sounding like a complete yeah, ghost. Yeah, <laughs> we don't want to lead we just always like, hell, yes, we're paranormal investigators and we write uh, you know, stories about alleged. We always, you, can, you always got to make sure to use words like alleged so people don't think you're a kook. Alleged. <laughs> because for us, it's, you know, it's just the fun of the story, you know, what people believe and, you know, whatever is fine. And I enjoy um, doing like hearing like people's experience. Even the girl from the Brown Derby, she said that's a thing with the cast members. And I, I wish I could have found other cast members, but there was nobody. Yeah. So we always be careful not to lead them. We try to say, have you ever seen anything weird or know any paranormal stories? And then sometimes they'll be like, well, no, but have you? And then we'll be like, yes. And you know anything about this? They're usually like, well, no. (laughs) (laughs) So have there been any leads that have come up after the book is written? That maybe someone got exposed to it and said, hey, I know this, this or that, that maybe could lead to a volume two or something. (laughs) Um, No, not yet. Not yet. We're hoping, but... uh, well, I guess we'll see. We haven't heard anything yet. We hope so. Yeah. We hope other things were has a story behind it there. That's my goal out of this episode now. <laughs> to find other leads. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that would be amazing. I'm sure if we could, you know, if we visited the other parks, you know, in other places, we might be able to get stories. But, you know, until Disney that day. Land especially. Yeah, until that day comes, who knows, but... <laughs> Man, I'm just thinking that Brown Derby would have been so cool because it would have played nicely with your Hollywood book as well. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Yeah, it would have been great to put in there. But we did get to use Walt Disney's haunt. He's in both books, so that worked out. <laughs> Good deal. So I also want to talk about that you guys together are the founders of your own independent publishing company, Anubis Press, as well. So for someone who's an author or maybe wants to go that route of doing it yourself, do you have any advice or anything that you've learned along the way that has helped with that process? Um, if they're wanting to do it themselves, uh, self-publishing, um, just know your market, uh, know your product, know your audience. Mm-hmm. And know, um, and and if you're, if you're wanting to do books, they say don't judge a book by its cover, but it's so important that you at least have a decent looking cover. So find a good artist because people will look at the book and think if that cover is not good, they're going to think you didn't put much effort into the book. So that's good. So always, but always look for good artists and always just be aware of who you associate with as well. Cause you want to be careful not to get involved with bad, you know, shady people. Well, awesome. Well, that is so useful. I wish we could talk more about the specifics of it, but again, we don't want to give it away for the book for someone reading for themselves We'll have to talk off air about some of those other stories that didn't make it. So we'll take a quick break, hear a message from our partners, and then we'll be back to play the Fast Pass round. This episode is brought to you by Tailwind. 
Tailwind is a really wonderful tool to help you schedule your social media and get all that work done in chunks instead of having to do it day in and day out. We normally try to sit down a couple days a week and plan out what posts are going to go out at what time and what message we're trying to share in that particular time frame. Another really cool thing about Tailwind for Instagram is it has a hashtag finder. So it helps you learn which hashtags are going to help you rank and how you're going to get on that explore page or get on people's feed even better. If Tailwind is something that you think would help you and your project, you can head to detourtoneverland.com slash tailwind. Again, that's detourtoneverland.com slash tailwind. There you'll get to the sign up page. You can sign up for a completely free trial. Test it out. See if it's something that works for you. If nothing else, just try that hashtag finder for a while and see if it helps your post rank better. Again, detourtoneverland.com slash tailwind or the link will be in the show notes as well. Back to the show. Good deal. So we are back. Jacob and Jenny, we're going to play the fast pass around now. And so we'll just name these Disney topics and you can share the first thing comes to your mind so our listeners can get to know your Disney fandom a little bit better. All right. Sounds good. So the first one's an easy one. Just name the Disney parks that you have visited. All of them in Disney World. <laughs> yeah, in Walt Disney World, we've, we've visited all the parks. Well, I've never been to the water parks. So. Well, I have. <laughs> she has, I have. <laughs> so of those four individual Walt Disney World parks, which one is your favorite and why? Hollywood Studios. Um, I have really good memories there. Uh, Star Wars, Star Wars weekends and stuff. So, yeah. I really like Magic Kingdom. I think that just kind of, not only was it the first one I visited, but it's kind of, I think it kind of suits my personality uh, pretty well. Yeah. That was going to be my question too. What was the first park that you guys visited together? (laughs) Magic Kingdom. (laughs) Do you remember the first ride that you rode? Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> we, we went there, and there was a funny story to that too, because she was like, "Hurry, we got to go. It's going to get busy." We so we started walking really fast, and we started a whole crowd of people were running that way to Pirates of the Caribbean, and people were like, "Where is Pirates of the Caribbean exactly?" And a whole, the park yeah, a whole group of them asked some <laughs> asked one of the employees, and the employee goes, well, "I don't know. Ask him over there." He pointed to the manager, and he just had this horrified smile on his face because there was like a whole bunch of people in there. It's like, it's that way. And that was a pretty funny memory. Did you know about George before then? Oh, no. no. We didn't know about George then. Mm, that would have made it more interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely would have. Next one is your Disney bucket list trip. Well, we've always wanted to be able to stay down there for about two weeks at the Polynesian Resort. Yes, most definitely. Fun. You're leading into our next question, which is, what is your favorite Disney resort? Mine, contemporary, because my family stayed there for years, and it just has a home vibe to me. I always loved it. I like the, I have to say, too, I like the French Quarter. We stayed there several times, and I just think it's the staff there is always really awesome, and I like the laid-back sort of, you know, atmosphere. And then I also really like the Polynesian. We've never stayed there, but we visited, and it's just a really nice resort. I think I remembered seeing something. Have you guys traveled to Hong Kong? No, no. We, we haven't traveled there. No. We want to. Yeah, we'd like gotcha. to see it. Gotcha. Maybe that's what I read. I was curious if you considered going to Hong Kong Disneyland. Uh, so next one, 
would be if you could only fast pass one ride for the rest of your life, which one would it be? For me, it would be Splash Mountain. That's always been my favorite ride there. I've got several funny pictures of me on that one. Um, Spaceship Earth for me. That's a good one. Yeah, I feel like Splash Mountain's definitely a love it or hate it. So to fast pass that one forever, that's definitely a love. (laughs) Yeah, because those lines, there's plenty of people, I guess, who love it because it's like always a three-hour wait. So I'm like, I got to get fast pass. But yeah, some people are like, I can't ride that one. (laughs) So sticking with rides, which ride do you think is due for an exit or a refurbishment from the parks? Well, I don't know. My my answer to that one may not be too popular, but it's also, I guess, coming from a personal place. I would say the Frozen ride, not because I've ever rode it. I have never ridden it, and I don't really want to because I was a big fan of the Maelstrom. So I'm kind of boycotting the Frozen ride, <laughs> even though I love the Frozen movies. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just like, I'm, I'm bitter about the Maelstrom being gone. <laughs> um, I really don't know i i had to really think about this i i know one ride um i do miss is the great movie ride there were so many memories riding that i i i'm pretty happy with all the yeah i mean in truth the frozen ride's probably awesome yeah. but you know I, it's, it's the best one <laughs> old memories <laughs> yeah yeah i don't maelstrom i my family like historically skipped it every time it was a good hidden gem because it was a pretty fun ride. Like it had the drops and everything, and there was never a line. Yeah. Right. That was the best part of it. <laughs> I think I've always just had a fascination with Norway, too. I think that has something to do with it. You know why my family skipped it? Why? Because there was the movie at the end that they tried to make you watch. And I know you could skip it, but then, then you feel you, like, guilty. feel bad, yeah. yeah. And we didn't want to do that. Oh, my goodness. So next would be what land or area in the parks brings you the most inspiration? Hollywood Studios for me. Uh, and I guess it's the same uh, with you know our answers earlier. Magic Kingdom for me because I don't know. I just feel like going into Magic Kingdom, I see all the stuff that really like inspires like ideas, uh, creative ideas for me. Are there any particular areas like near Tower of Terror or near Haunted Mansion or Main Street, anything like that that stands out? Uh, Tower of Terror, yeah. I, I really like Main Street, and I think it's because of the way it looks, and you can walk in there and kind of get a kind of get a feel for everything around. Um, but I I do like the area over by Pirates of the Caribbean. It's pretty pretty neat. So I think Adventureland. Well, it depends on who you ask, but I do think that that's kind of an underrated area. By who? Yeah. I don't know. I. I kind of regretted it once I said it, but I was thinking it. (laughs) But when you rank it, I don't know if I would put Adventureland at the top of my list, but I do enjoy it. What's at the bottom of your list? Probably Tomorrowland. Get out of here. (laughs) I know that movie was at the bottom of a lot of people's list. (laughs) I didn't see it. I know know, know it wasn't very well liked. I didn't see it, but, you know. It wasn't as bad as... I don't know. It, it wasn't good, but it wasn't bad. Well, I don't. I don't put much stock in what most critics say anyway, because I like a lot of bad, cheesy horror movies. So uh, I, I would still watch it. I don't pay attention to critics. <laughs> yeah, it was honestly kind of. I think it was a bad thing that George Clooney was in it because people expected it to be something that he could not deliver on. Yeah. 
I'd agree with that. Yeah, he's really good at like serious acting. He excels at dramatic acting, but I don't know, silly movies like the Batman movie, like he just ain't really all good at. <laughs> yeah. So next would be about food. So what is your favorite snack or a go-to snack? Dole Whip. Yeah. Orange Dole Whip, and he likes the regular Dole Whip. Yeah, I like the Dole Whip. That's it's probably the same thing for us. <laughs> Have you tried the Pineapple Upside Down Dole Whip? I've heard about it. Well, I haven't tried. I believe. haven't tried that yeah. one yet. That probably was a really- game changer for us. It is. It is. It's got like the... It's not warm no. cake, but it's it just adds like a softness to it that, that is needed. And it absorbs it. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds really good, honestly. Yes. Sticking with food, what are your favorite table service and quick service restaurants? Yours. Um, well, I, when I ate at Ohana's, that was pretty much it for me. I was like, this is the best restaurant I've ever been to. And I woke up sick in the middle of the night eating so much. So that's how much I, I like that one. Mine um, is kind of like a character, though, but it's Chef Mickey's. Always enjoyed it there. Um, both of ours is Roaring Forks. Yeah, for, yeah. The, for the quick service, it's definitely Roaring Forks. Like, we will travel over to the wilderness lodge to eat there a couple times while we're there we have never been to roaring fork no we have to write that one down we always are so interested in people's food recommendations because we always want to try new things yeah it's interesting because it's just the wilderness lodge's snack area and it's just it's just we always it's really, just really good food. it's good food and it is it's got yeah. some good stuff there do you have a favorite meal that you get from there well, I know um, she loves the waffles from there. Yes. I, they had some, uh, one time they had like a chicken and waffles thing. Yeah. And it was we, really good. That's when we recently became vegetarians. Yeah. So, so yeah, we're vegetarians It's going to be now. a new world for us yeah, <laughs> when we go back down there. A, a whole new world. <laughs> yeah, well, you have to let us know what are the good vegetarian options down there. But luckily, Dole Whip makes the cut, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Dole Whip is dairy-free, dairy-free gluten-free. And all, all free, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're not vegans anyway. We're just vegetarians. I still eat fish and drink milk. So. <laughs> Good deal. So next would be your favorite Disney movie. Um, Robin Hood for me. Uh, for me, Beauty and the Beast. Interesting. Now, those are two good choices. We've recently talked, I feel like, a lot about Robin Hood lately. Yeah, it's come up quite frequently. Well, we, we noticed it seems like it's making a comeback. Like the merchandise is popping up a lot on Disney online stuff. And I guess, I don't know, maybe that's going to be their next live action. Maybe they're going to take a stab at the, at the Robin Hood franchise. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know if I want that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either because I don't, you know, most of the newer Robin Hood movies are not very good. So I don't want, but I would think Disney's would be, but I don't know. I need to see something ruin that cartoon. <laughs> Didn't we just talk about this like a couple of episodes ago? I know, that's why I'm saying Robin Hood is making a, a comeback. And I don't know if it's Disney Plus, like it's probably just one of those movies that people haven't thought about in a long time. But I feel like it's come up in conversation a lot. So I'm having deja vu because I remember knocking Russell Crowe for his attempt <laughs> at Robin Hood. Yeah, that was really bad. I'll tell you, though, another movie I think gets overlooked is The Black Cauldron. That's a really good uh, Disney movie. Yes, I, I enjoyed that one. 
I was probably eight years old last time I watched it. And it's been on my list that I want to watch it on Disney Plus, but I still haven't done it. You haven't yet. It's, I mean, it's fairly scary, isn't it? Yeah, it's a dark film. It's pretty dark for being a... I mean, because it's based on these books by Lloyd Alexander, and it's pretty dark for being a Disney film. Kind of like Hunchback of Notre Dame was kind of dark, too. But, yeah, Black Cauldron's kind of spooky. Yeah, Hunchback's got some some dark themes yeah. underneath. <laughs> as, as I don't adult, enjoy that movie. <laughs> as an adult, you're like, this is I don't know if it's deep. completely appropriate for children. <laughs> it's pretty spooky. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so next one would be your favorite Disney quote, either from Walt himself or from any of the movies. Well, my, my favorite has always been one from Archimedes in Sword in the Stone, where he told Merlin, if man were meant to fly, he would have been born with wings. <laughs> Good one. Don't be a guppy. <laughs> <laughs> So the last one is your favorite Disney Parks memory. For me, it was a, and this is actually something I wrote about. We we wrote about in the book. Mine is actually when we went back to Magic Kingdom that one time for to ride some more rides. And it was nighttime and everybody was watching the firework displays. It was going off and we were passing through the crowd. And it was just a really good experience being there with, with her while that was going on. Mine, I have two. Um, bringing my husband the first time, that was fun. Showing him everything. It was a how Disney could be for adults, too, and stuff. Uh, my second memory is with my family. Just going down there every year with them and staying at the Contemporary and just enjoying the parks as a kid with them. Those are all excellent memories. So we thank you guys for sharing and our very last question for you is if you have one piece of parting guidance that you can give to someone who's looking to jump into this community and create Disney content or Disney products or a Disney book like you guys, what would be your advice to that person? Um, just know your product. I mean, you would have to be like a fan of Disney to write about Disney or to share about Disney. Yeah, because there's, there's so much about Disney that you would have to do a lot of, if you didn't already understand it, you'd have to do a whole lot of research and you'd really have to look at all the other, it's like the blogs and podcasts and everything out there to understand how the Disney um, phenomenon really phenomenon really works with everybody. So you got to know your people. And you have to enjoy it too. Yeah, because if you don't enjoy it, why bother doing it, right? Right. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's great advice. You know, whenever you're creating something, you want to come off across genuine and authentic and, you know, having that love for Disney kind of at the focal point of everything, it comes through in your book and it comes through, you know, as we've been talking to you guys. And I think that's great advice. Thank you. Thank you. Well, good deal. So last thing, if you can remind our listeners where they can connect with you and where they can pick up a copy of the book. Um, the book is they can go to Amazon it's available there in Kindle and on paperback and um, if they want to keep up with more of our work we have a Facebook page called the Frightening Floyds where we put a whole bunch of stuff about our um, just a bunch of different paranormal stories we hear both of us have author pages Jacob Floyd author and Jenny Floyd author and Anubis Press has a page um, we're about to build a website soon. We're working on it, so but that'll come sooner or later. Just be looking for that. 
Well, that's exciting. So again, we just want to thank you guys for joining us. We've had a lot of fun talking to you and learning more about not only Be Our Ghost, but just your history with Disney and finally getting to talk to you guys. Well, thank you. We really appreciate you having us on. We enjoyed it. It's always good to talk to other Disney fans. And we're missing Disney right now. I think everybody is, aren't they? (laughs) (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.